Ah, there's only two people in the room here. Are you ready to engage this year? Ah, that, is, that sounds like some people are excited about the year. Friends, I believe that God wants us to engage in His purpose and His plans. He wants us to help and help us to engage in the pathway that He's called us to as disciples of Jesus. He also wants us to engage intentionally in His local church, His people. And last year, in our last week that we'll be doing in this series... The last one we'll be doing in this series is we're going to be looking at how do you and I engage in God's principles that we would be able to live effective lives together. I just want to take a moment to welcome all of you that are watching us online. Thank you so much for joining us, taking the time. Uh, won't you let us know in the comments section where, you, where you're from and even throughout the, the message, post your prayer requests or questions or even some of the things I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. So friends, we are starting this new series and uh, I want to start off by telling you a little story. Last week, I, um, last weekend, we, we went away to Esperanza Farm. It's just outside of Balloon Screw, and we went with some family and some friends uh, just to spend some time in worship, um, just worshiping God, enjoying some fellowship together as we welcome the new year in. Now, I've been to this farm many, many times before, and what I've found is as we, 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 we went, I decided to go a different route than what I normally would take. And I soon discovered that the, road, the condition of the road wasn't quite what I had expected. I had heard rumors that it had been fixed, but it only had been fixed a little part. So some of us in South Africa, we're like, yeah, yeah, we know what that is. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yes, yes. And so we got to uh, the farm, and, I, and it was clear to me that if we're going to leave the next morning, we cannot take that same route home. So the next morning, we got all our stuff together, uh, and we set off uh, back home, and I put into the GPS uh, my location for my house, and I made sure that the GPS wouldn't take me the route I had taken before. But now, I'm, I must confess, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm a man, so I don't like someone giving me uh, suggestions, shall I say, that side, telling me uh, where to go or, or what to do. And so I prefer keeping the GPS on silent, or on mute, and then I just from time to time check in to see how I'm doing with uh, my journey. And so we were in the car, and we, some of our passengers, passengers with us, we were having a great time just chatting, and we were driving happily along, until at one point, as I was driving, I noticed that the road markings and the surroundings was not like I was familiar with. And I was thinking, wow, I've never been this way before. Let me quickly check in my phone where we are, check the GPS, and I realized that we were not on our way to Clarksdorf, but we were actually, in fact, actual fact, on our way to Paris. For those of you watching, it's Paris here in the central part of the country. And what was supposed to be a one-hour, just over an hour journey, turned into a two-and-a-half-hour journey. Man, I should have listened to the GPS. But you see, friends, I, had intent, I, I ended up somewhere that I did not end, want to end up. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Uh, maybe you can write this in the comment section if you're watching. But I want you to maybe even repeat this after me. Everyone ends up somewhere. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. All of us are on our way somewhere. No, you don't have to repeat after me anymore. Sorry, I should have given you guys the, 
there. Whoa. Okay. Maybe if I do this, it's up. Okay, we're ready. Because we're going to have some other moments. So this is go. This is whoa. Okay. <laughs> so many of us want to end up somewhere, but, but we fail to take some of the intentional steps that are needed. Any of you would love, love to be financially free. You don't owe anybody anything. You, you can give generously when God leads you. You don't have any debtors on your back. Anybody like that? Yes, the hands are just going up all over the place. So many of us would, would love to have that. Many, who of you would like to, you know, have a good, want to be not a shape, but in shape? You know, in your body. Like round is a shape, but you want to be in shape. So many of us want to have a healthy body and want to look good and, and kind of fit in our clothing, but very few of us end up there on purpose. So many of us, uh, maybe, you know, you want to have a healthy marriage and you want to be in a place where you're raising children who are going to love Jesus and going to be connected with His plans and His purpose. Um, but so often, we just don't end up there. And I, I've got very good news for you. It is possible for you and me to end up where we want to be. You can become financially free. You can have a healthy body. You can also have a healthy marriage. Because when you and I, can you imagine, if you and I are able to hear God's voice so clearly, when we're walking so closely with Him, that you just know that you know that you know, on the inside of you, that... God is pleased with you. And that you have no worry, no stress of one day when you stand before the throne of heaven and you've got to stand before Jesus and he asks you about what have you done with this life I've given you and that you and I would receive this response from him. Well done, my good and faithful servant. It is possible for us to do and to accomplish and to end up there. But I have got, also got some news for you that none of us end up there by accident. Not one su successful person I know ever ended up there by accident. And I believe that God wants to empower us. And I think as I'm sharing with you today, God will help you and I to be able to take some clear steps that you and I would actually walk in the purpose that He has for us. Because I believe God's purpose and plan is the best place. When you and I are in the center of God's will for our lives, no matter what happens to us around us, as Angie so, so beautifully shared with us last week, I want to encourage you to go listen to that uh, 20, 24 year for more sermon that she shared with us. Friends, when we are rooted and planted on the rock of Jesus Christ, no matter what storms of life come, we will be able to stand and withstand whatever may come. So our key verse for today is found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And I'm going to read for you from the King James Version. He says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I like the way the ESV says it. It says that where there is no prophetic vision, in other words, no spirit-inspired vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no godly vision, friends, for your family, 50% of marriages end up in divorce where there is no godly vision for our financial management and freedom, even if you lived in a wealthy part of town and you, 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 you were, in a sense, as far as, as the world goes, 
you're in a good place. You could still be living from paycheck to paycheck under pressure, hoping to somehow figure out ways to remain free. Now, I, I want to ask you this question. If money were no object to you, what would you do for the rest of your life? I'm going to say it again. If money was no object, so, because most of us say the obstacle I have in my life is I don't have enough money. What would you do with your life? How would you spend your time and what would you give yourself to? Now, I asked many of our leaders uh, some of the, you know, this particular question and I was overjoyed to find that almost everybody came back to me and said, you know, Gareth, I would love to, to use some of that to maybe uh, purchase a vehicle to be able to go into Africa. Uh, I would actually would love to work with children that are under, you know, privileged children in, in areas where they, they struggle and they don't have good education. I'd love to invest in them there. If I had no, if money was no, no object, I'll take people on outreaches. I'd actually look at ways in which I could be a blessing. But I wonder what your answer to that question is. Many of us, and if I had to survey people, most people will say, what? I'll buy a bigger house. I'll get a nicer car. I might even add a bit of a luxury item. So if you're into boating, then it would be boating. If you're into fishing, you'd be fishing rods and all of those things. Uh, <laughs> if you're into music like me, then it would be more musical instruments. Um, but many people also say, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I just want to go on vacation. One long vacation. And I want to travel the world. I want to see the world. But I, I want to ask you this question. Do you really think that God would send His only Son to die for us, to shed His blood for us, to rise again, and to give new life to you and me today, just so that you and I could one day have a long vacation? Is that really the purpose of life? And is that really God's purpose for us? But many of us find ourselves trapped in that place where there is no purpose, where there is no vision, people stumble through life, making it up as they go along. So many people I know. So what's your plan for this year? And I know many of you have got New Year's resolutions. I hate to break it to you, but statistics say that it'll be broken by next Friday. <laughs> Two Fridays, that's how long it takes. And as I'm sharing with you, I'm hoping I'll give you a bit of a handle on how to avoid breaking something of those new resolutions. Now, friends, if we look throughout the Bible, so many times God spoke to Moses, He spoke to David, He spoke to Esther, He spoke to Paul, He spoke to Nehemiah. He gave them a vision for a purpose that He had called them to, and they took intentional steps towards that, and they went through what I'm going to talk with you today, four phases of finding and discovering and walking in the purpose that God has for us. You and I will encounter these phases as we encounter and walk with God together. And, and friends, the, it starts with, for, for them, these Bible characters, and for you and I, it starts with the belief that God has called me to something more. If 2024 is really the year for more, then you and I need to believe at the core of our being that God wants, has more for us. And He wants us to grow. He wants us to step into more of what He has for us. But in order to do that, I've got some good news with a smile on my face I'm saying to you. God is going to call you out of your comfort zone. It's going to cost you and me 
something. But that price we pay is very little in comparison to the price Jesus paid for you and I to enable us by His Spirit to accomplish all that He has for us. Because in our own strength, we can do nothing. And so as we go through this passage today, I believe God wants to empower us that we would walk in all that He has for us. If you've got your Bible, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 20. And we're going to be reading from uh, verse 22 to 24. Now just to give you some background to the story, Paul is writing. Um, it's in the book of Acts. Actually, um, Luke is actually writing this. But he's telling the story of, of Paul's journey. Paul had gone around into Asia and different places, and he was planting different churches. And he planted this church in Ephesus. This was probably his favorite place. He loves the people of Ephesus. He invested his life there. It says that he spent two years in the hall of Tyrannus teaching and training people and equipping them. And the whole of Asia came to know the gospel. What a powerful ministry. If, if I was Paul, this would be the place I would want to stay forever because it's my most fruitful place. But as you follow Paul's journey, he gets led by the Spirit to other places. And in this particular point, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's been, he set sail, and now he's found himself on the beach. And he's sent for the elders, the pastors of the Ephesian church. And as he meets with them, he is full of tears, He's full of um, anguish because he knows that this will be the very last time he sees these people's faces. Can you imagine? He's standing, on, he's standing on the beach, speaking to men that he has spiritually bled with. Together they've broken open a city. Together they've, they've conquered regions and places that have not heard the gospel yet. And he stands before them, saying to them, I'm compelled by the Spirit to move into more. God doesn't want you and I to stay where we are. He's got more for us. Let's read the Scriptures together. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me, that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus Christ has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of grace. Friends, we're going to look at our four phases of purpose right now. The first one is that there is a Spirit's prompting. You can write this down. The Spirit's prompting. And now I'm compelled by the Spirit I'm going to Jerusalem. In other words, this was not Paul's idea. He had an encounter with God, and the Holy Spirit was now compelling him into a new season. So many of us start new seasons and set off in directions without the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I want you and I to take stock of your life, the re resolutions and the changes and the things you want to do. If it's not led by the Spirit, you will not walk in what God has for you. And I'm trusting that we'll discover that together. Now this phrase compelled by the spirit in the greek actually means due pneuma the word due means compelled or bind or wrapped up with cords and the spirit or pneuma means the spirit current of air a breeze of the spirit due pneuma many of us many of you have experienced 
this type of moment in your life where you, you just felt like, I know that I know that I know this is what I need to give myself to. This is what I have to lean into. This is what I have to, I've got to let go of everything in order to take hold of this. If I don't step up and do something, nobody's going to do it because God is calling me to do so. And I believe that God wants you and I to realize and to become attentive to what He is saying, the Spirit's leading uh, in our lives. Now, if I think of my own life, I've had many, many moments like that where I felt God just speak to me and I was like, Lord, I need to do this. I, I've made some major changes in my life many, many times because I felt compelled by the Spirit. It wasn't easy. It wasn't comfortable. It didn't make sense sometimes, but I knew that I knew that I knew God called me. And I remember in 2004, I found myself at what was then called the NCMI Bloom LTT. The LTT stands for Leadership Training Time. And at that stage, this NCMI, everyone used to get together in Bloom once a year. And about 5,000 people would get together and worship, and there would be powerful teaching. And I remember sitting there, and I felt like every single session, every, every person that spoke, every prophetic word, every moment of worship, was God was like aimed at me. Have you ever experienced that before? It's just like, God, you're speaking to me. I don't know who else you're talking to, but to me, if, if I'm the only person in the room that needs to hear this, I'm receiving it and I'm hearing it. And during that week, I heard about how God's plan and purpose was that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be preached in all the world, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. And the best way for that to be accomplished would be through the planting of healthy, thriving local churches who intentionally raise anointed and faithful leaders who are willing to step out into regions and places that the gospel hasn't been preached yet in order to plant churches that become healthy and thriving and that they would raise leaders and do it all over again. And I remember sitting there going, but Jesus, this is what I'm called to. I don't want to live for myself, Lord. I want to live for you. Your gospel is all I need, Lord. Friends, nothing will satisfy you unless the Spirit has led you. Nothing you and I could give ourselves to. Nothing we could have. Possessions, money, platform, opportunities. Nothing will satisfy. And I've, I've, over the last 20 years, continued to give myself wholeheartedly to that. And I can't see myself doing anything else, friends. And I believe as a church, we are going to continue to become a healthy, thriving, growing local church which raises anointed and faithful leaders that will be sent out into the city, into this region, into the nations of the world because God wants us to engage in His purpose and His plan for us. What is the Spirit compelling you to do? What is He asking you to let go of? How are you and I giving ourselves to God's purposes? The second phase is that there is certain uncertainty. Friends, this is just a reality. You and I, we receive this word from God, this, this like impression, the pneuma word of God just, just in us. And then we have to ask the question, now what? What am I going to do? And there is always going to be some uncertainty that accompanies that. For Paul, it was the same. He says, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. Many of you have dreams 
and plans for your life and even for this year. And most of those plans, we don't have a clue what's going to happen tomorrow. But we can walk by faith. Many of you are wanting to get married this year and you're looking at the partner that you have and you're asking God, is this the right person? Is this the right time? Help me with the details, Lord. Some of you, you know, you're feeling in God saying, Lord, God's stirring you to quit that stable uh, job that you have. You feel like God's leading you to start a business and say, Lord, I'm going to step out in faith, but you, you don't have the details. But can I maybe fill you in on something? Often God doesn't fill us in on the details. Because if he told us all the details, we wouldn't say yes to his assignment. If I knew what I was saying yes to in 2004, I would have negotiated with God a little bit. Because there have been many moments when I have, I've been disappointed, many times when I've been surprised. But more than those moments, friends, I've experienced the blessing, the favor, the goodness of God. Because when I'm in the center of God's will, nothing can shake me. Nothing can, can uh, move me from that. And so following God's calling is sometimes like a roller coaster ride. You know, you, you're strapped in, in the roller coaster. You feel secure, kind of. You're like, no, well, other people went through and they didn't fall out, so I'm okay. And then you go up that and there's this anticipation in your stomach and then, whoa, here we go. And then there's a moment of like, oh, okay, whoa, here it goes again. It feels like that sometimes when we're following God. There's a sense of security and faith that God's got you, but there will always be elements of uncertainty. And you, need, you and I need to settle in our hearts that there will be some things that we don't see, we don't know, but God wants us to just keep moving. Friends, the most important thing is that we don't stop but we continue to move. God wants us to take, take those steps. And so I, I want to just give you a, a bit of a practical thing that you could do. Um, and this is a, a wonderful thing. Maybe you can, um, again, this is your shop moment, okay? Maybe you can repeat after me. I will do today what I can do to enable me to do tomorrow what I can't do today. I'm going to do today what I can't do tomorrow. But if I do it today, I will be able to do it tomorrow. It's the small steps, friends, that make all of the difference. And so many times we feel like, well, I can't, I can't, I can't get healthy, or I can't have a healthy marriage, or my finances are a mess, and I can't deal with all of these issues. But if you and I take some small steps right now, you and I, I believe, will see God move in our, in our midst. I, I, I love this this phrase from a song, um, one of my favorite songs, it says, to change the world starts with one step. However small, the first step is hardest of all. It says that first step is hard, but the next step becomes easier as we go along. And I want to encourage you, here's a little bit of an exercise you can do. Instead of listing some of the things you want to stop doing this year, or that you want to start doing, maybe before you get to those things, Start by asking yourself, what kind of person do I want to be? When people, one day at my funeral, what do I want people to say about me? What are the characteristics and the memories and the things that I would love for them to share about me? Because when you know who you are, when your identity is secure, it's so much easier to begin to live from that place rather than trying to do a whole bunch of stuff hoping that you'll end up where you want to be. I really want to encourage you. 
Craig Rochelle wrote a powerful book called The Power to Change, and uh, he's got some great principles, and he calls it, uh, start with, it's who before do. You start with who you want to be before you want to do certain things. The third uh, phase is that there will be predictable resistance. I don't like to hear that. I was like, yes, man, Lord. You, normally we, we hear, we're like, yes, Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior. All my life, yes, you know, it's yours. You've got it all. And then, you know, the car breaks. My wife fights with me. And I don't do what I'm supposed to be, do. And I, there's some bills that pop up. And I'm like, where did this come from? And I'm under pressure again. But when we choose to follow Jesus, there will be predictable um, uh, resistance. And you and I, you can take this to the bank. You can... You can make some decisions and put it in your calendar, but the enemy is going to be against you. Your flesh is going to be against you. If you want to join this fast with us, the flesh does not like to die. And the enemy does not like you and I to consecrate ourselves to God. And so he's going to do everything in his power to distract us from what he has called us to do. You know, it's interesting that Paul doesn't say, you know, that in every city and every place, that the Holy Spirit tells me that blessings and favor await me. No, it says that prison <laughs> and hardships are facing me. In other words, the enemy is against us. If we look at Moses, God calls him. You've got to set these people free. Predictable resistance, Pharaoh. Joseph, God's called you to be a great leader. Predictable resistance. His brothers say, we like your, your coat more than we like you. So we're going to put you in a pit and sell you into slavery. Friends, this is just what happens. Vision and purpose always come with resistance. And you and I need to just settle that in our hearts. I love what happened with Nehemiah. He has this burden to rebuild the walls. And as he has this burden, as he trusts God, as he steps out in faith, what happens? There's a Sanballat and a Tobiah. And they say, no, 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 no. We're going to stop you from being able to accomplish this. It is predictable resistance and as we do that friends i believe god will sustain us even through that now some of you are saying yes this year i want to have a, a godly marriage i want to have closeness a bit more intimacy with my wife and maybe maybe i'm going to take a, a big step we've never done this before we're going to pray together i remember when my wife and i started to to do this and it's quite awkward like, okay, so you go first. No, no, you're the man. You do first. Okay, then I pray. I don't pray the right prayer, and I feel awkward, and she's frustrated, and it feels, you just feel like, ah, oh, man, just let's just leave it, you know? Many of us are like, yes, I'm going to get financially free. I'm going to get out of debt. So I'm going to put aside some money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steward my money. And then what happens? The microwave breaks. The car has to go for a service. There's other things that happen to us all the time. So there will be resistance, but it's how you and I respond uh, to that. So what is your next step? What is the next step that you're going to be taking? Friends, change happens when we find ourselves in the right environment. And so many of us want to add fruit to our lives, godliness and prayer and devotion and, and good health and all of those things, but we don't start, like I said, with our identity and where we're rooted. And I want to encourage you, friends, this year, this building is full. I'm, I praise God for it. I would love to see it full every single week. Not because my ego needs to be, you know, built up, but for your sake. If you want to grow, I want to ask you and encourage you 
to faithfully give yourself to. Maybe start a reading plan. There's so many opportunities, and we'll even be sending some, some passages you can, can read and pray through. Uh, I want to encourage you, maybe even uh, join a light group, one of our small groups that will be getting together uh, on a weekly basis. We'll do a whole sign-up drive at the end of this month, and we'll launch our groups in February. You know, friends, God's system for, for freedom, if you want to be free in your life, so many people I know, they're still struggling, they're still the same people they were before, but I gave my life to Jesus 20 years ago because they haven't found themselves in God's system for freedom, and that is relationship. I want to quickly give you, this is an aside, here's a, here's a quick principle. Many of us, you're struggling with sin right now, and you're constantly going to God asking for forgiveness, which is the right thing to do. But in 1 John 1 verse 9, it says, confess your sins to God that you may be forgiven. But in James 5, we see that we, it says that we should confess our sins to one another, that we would be healed. Healing comes through confession to one another. Forgiveness comes through confession to God. Many of us are only confessing to God. We don't find healing. We need to find ourselves in community, in relationship. I want to encourage you, get into a life group. Engage in God's purpose and plan. For us as a church, it's very simple. We gather together, we grow together, and we go together. It's very simple, and I want to encourage you and I to do that. So the first prompting is our first phase. The second one is that there is certain uncertainty. The third one is that there will be predictable resistance, and I'm coming into land. The last one, and I'm going to call it that there was uncommon clarity. Uncommon clarity. Friends, this is one of my favorite uh, Bible verses. As Paul writes, and he, and he speaks to these elders, he says to them the following, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus Christ has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God, of God's grace. However, I consider my life worth nothing. That was the starting point for Paul. That should be the starting point for you and I. I consider my life worth nothing. In other words, I've had a spirit-led moment. I'm, I've had a due pneuma moment. God's spirit is compelling me. I know why I exist, and I'm going to give up whatever I can in order to step into the more that God has for me. This is my purpose. This is my dream, and this is the revelation, the vision that God has given me. He continues to say, if only that I can do this, what? The task which Christ Jesus has called me to. Friends, what task has God called you to? You may not have been called, like me, to stand up and to preach and to lead and to be involved in the local church. But many of you are, are business people and you're teachers. You're even single moms raising your children. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Whatever occupation you have, you and I need to get into God's presence to say, Holy Spirit, show me what my purpose is, and how does it link, not to my purpose, or my comfort, or my convenience, but how does it link to your purpose, the gospel of Jesus Christ being proclaimed and expanded. Friends, if you and I get to that place, where we say we're laying down our lives, we're living for God, then we, we would become like Nehemiah, who has this moment, compelled by the Spirit, 
He hears about what's happening in Jerusalem. The walls are broken down. He's got this burden. And then he, he does something very interesting, friends. He doesn't know what to do next. So he does the very next step he could. He goes to the king and says to the king, King, my homeland and my home city lays in ruins. And I feel in God that I need to go and rebuild it. The king releases him to go do that. But before he goes, friends, before all of that happens, it says that he prayed and he fasted. He set himself, he consecrated himself, saying, Lord, I want to hear from you what it is you have to say. For us as a church, friends, the vision of this church isn't my vision. It's Jesus' vision. And I would love for all of us to be on the same page, to be experiencing that view numa moment, the, the driving, the pulling, the tugging of the Holy Spirit into the purposes that God has for us. That we would be like Nehemiah, where we take some clear steps, but we would understand, just like Nehemiah, there would be some resistance. At first, he, he starts the, the journey, and we see that, that uh, the people immediately, first few days, no, nah, it's impossible. You can't do it. What do you mean? What do you mean? Some of you are like, what do you mean? How, how are you going to get out of debt? Did you see how much money that is? How are you, how are you going to put your, your, your marriage together? You've already submitted the, the divorce papers. How do you mean you're going to be able to restore your relationship with your family? How are you going to do it? Friends, when we take the first step in God's leading, God turns things around. But we need to be like Nehemiah that has uncommon clarity about the vision, about the purpose that he has for him. Because Sanballat and Tobiah, they call him. They call him to a little meeting. You're going to experience this this week. Your, 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 your stomach is wanting to call you to a meeting. Your, you know, your circumstances are going to want to distract you from what God has said. You're going to have some moments with relationships and you're thinking, what is going on? Never been this before, but now that I'm fasting, now that I'm praying, all hell is breaking loose. When you and I do that, we need to be like Nehemiah. He stands on the wall, continuing to build the walls. And he sends messengers to them, and he says the following in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3. He says, So I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. God has called you and I to do a great work. So that I cannot come down. Why should the work, this great work that God has called me to, cease while I leave it and go down to you? Why must I pander to your demands? Why must I give up what God is instilling in me? Why should I give up the purpose that God has called me to just so that I could appease you? I will not do that because I'm busy with a great work. This year, friends, God's purpose and God's plan is for His kingdom to advance to the ends of the earth. And it's His gift his invitation that you and I would say, Lord, lead us by your spirit that we would understand our part and let us not get off the wall. Let us not get distracted from what you have called me to. I asked you this question in the beginning. If money were no object to you, what would you do with the rest of your life? Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the prompting of the Holy Spirit lead you Understand that there will be certain uncertainty. There will be predictable resistance. But take the next step. Take the next step. Step by step. Faithfully led by the Spirit. One day you 
are going to say, I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. I'd love to just pray this prayer for us. It was written by Sir Francis Drake. And I really hope that it speaks to your heart. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little. When we arrive safely because we sailed so too close to the shore. Holy Spirit, disturb us. You knew my right now, Holy Spirit. Friends, we've had a moment of, of ministry already. And I want to just give us a moment to pause, to consider. What is your duonuma? What is your purpose? And what are you resolving to do today? What are you putting in place? Don't allow the enemy to distract you. Don't allow your circumstances to lead you astray. But allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you right now. If you've come here today, and I know that there would be some of you today, you've come actually because you know you're far from God and you feel like this is my last ditch effort. I need to get close to Jesus. I would love to just pray with you. Um, most people are praying right now. Would you be bold enough just to raise your hand? I'd love to just quickly know who I'm praying for. If you would like to put your faith in the Lord Jesus, thank you so much for that recommitment there. Anyone else that would love to just recommit or, or commit your life to Christ, just raise your hand for me, please. Friends, can we, can we pray for these people? They know that they need Jesus, like all of us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you see that hand, Lord. You see those hearts that have been led astray by the things of this world. And right now, they are being compelled. They're being drawn into your presence. They're being drawn into your kingdom. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that I speak life and healing over them. Thank you that they will receive forgiveness from you, Jesus. And I also pray, Father, that they would walk in the life that you have for them. I pray, Father, that this would not just be a moment that would be fleeting, but they would truly take the next step of finding themselves connected in a local church, finding themselves in relationship to find freedom, being baptized in water, Lord, being filled with your Spirit, that they would know you and enjoy your presence in Jesus' name.